This week, the club gets into Planet of the Nerds number one and Mary Shelley Monster Hunter number one. Everybody, welcome back to the First Issue Club. We're your weekly comic book podcast that covers almost exclusively first issues. But sometimes we get into some other bullshit, and we're going to shortly. But first I'll say that I'm Mike D, and with me as always are the infamous Budget King, <laughs> Greg, and Caitlin's back! Yay! Finally. Thank you. We Thank missed you. you. I missed you all <laughs> so, so much. Was it one episode or just... Or two. I think it was two. Two in a row? And it felt like a million years. It really yeah. did. I did War of the Realms. I think it's just one. Was I, it one? I think for a while you've gone felt off, like on, off, on, off, <laughs> on. It felt like three. Listen, work is hell. The loneliest microphone in the world when you're gone. <laughs> As always, tons of comic book news. What's your take on this week? So this week, I'm curious if something gets your jollies off. There was a bunch of first appearances. Aquaman 47 had a first uh, full appearance of Old Gods on the cover. Um, Nightwing had a first appearance of a person named Burnback. Uh, last week, Silencer had a first appearance of a character named Smoke. Oh, we have a first cameo appearance in Miles Morales by a person named Starling. Major X, no surprise, has two first appearances, something with an X name and something <laughs> whatever. Oh, oh, there's also a first appearance of Iron Man's suit. I bit on the hype train. I I buy these things. You have they, every single one of those? <laughs> uh, yes, as they as they pop up. I'm I'm curious as as collectors, does first appearances do it for you? Is it too much hype? What gets your jollies off? You know, I kind of got off the hype train for uh, a, a few stops. It's gotten to be a little too much. I think the spec industry has taken a little bit of a grasp around the comic book community and is kind of hyping things up a little too much. And it, it's taken the fun out of these uh, events where new characters are introduced because it's it's not about who they are as characters. It's about how much can I sell this book for? And it takes away from people actually finding them in comic book shops and paying a reasonable price for a book that should be $4. Now you got to pay like 10 do you think the comic book industry cares more about throwing something new in a comic just to push copies than they do about developing like a new and interesting character? I will offer this perspective. People jumping on to comic books and new readership and people somewhere in that middle ground, such as myself. Yeah. I don't even know that these are first appearances. You don't care about most burn of back? the time. <laughs> no, and if I'm reading it, I'm like, cool. I want like you could tell me that he appeared in something else three years ago. I would have no clue. Uh, so I'm, I'm have... also in that same boat. The difference is, I buy things. <laughs> I, I'm the gullible one. You're the smart one. I mean, I buy things too, but not for that reason. Oh, I, I, guess. I wouldn't say you know buy things. I, yeah. I, I buy the hype, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah. To to that point, though, mm -hmm. I think they know that they're going to be selling these copies to spec buyers rather than yeah. developing a story for new readership or to create this new character that will get a lot of people on board or create a new fandom. Totally. And I think that I've I've seen a bunch of the slabbed, graded, tombed, whatever you want to call them, comic books that are in the plastic shells. And they often put the important details or anything pertinent that happens in the book at the top in the yep. synopsis. And you'll see something like, first appearance, Senator Townsend. 
and you're just like, who the <laughs> fuck is Senator Townsend? And why do we care that this is his first appearance in a comic book? Like Townsend they, was promoted? They, <laughs> he finally made senator. <laughs> so State senator him. or national? If he's, if he's only ever, ever going to be in like four issues of something, it kind of really waters down the hype of, of so many well, of the first to, appearances. To be fair, though, it makes my issue of when he was councilman Townsend <laughs> even more valuable. Yeah, well, so this is a pre-existing Townsend. Yes. But it's just a different edition of Townsend. Yeah, it's like his uh, re-emergence back into the storyline. Gotcha. He's got a newer role. He's so. got a whole new set of powers, <laughs> if you and, will. Right. And like I'm joking around here, but that's kind of how it fucking goes sometimes. Like oh, totally with, with spec selling and buying, like they yeah. just anything they can like pique someone's interest into buying this book for a higher price, they'll fucking do it. Well, it reminds me of like the stats for sportscasters that they pull out of nowhere, and yes. it's like what a coincidence! The number of things for this player and the number of things for this player in 1963 are exactly the same, and it's like you're drawing comparisons to make more hype. Where I don't know that we need to go mining for it. So let's flip the script a little bit. What are some first appearances that you own or that you like that you have? Yeah, I'll say for sure that when I care about a character, the first appearance becomes super important to me. Of course. And obviously you never know what character you're going to care about or not. Right. But I, I almost feel like my money is better served maybe not buying tons of these first appearances and just like saving that cash for one $20 book every once in a while. Completely right. You know what I mean? 100% agree. But I've got the first Spider-Gwen, what was just like a little throwaway Spider-Man event comic book, and none of us had any concept that that was going to go anywhere. And then that character blew up. Everyone's dressing as that character at conventions. Mm -hmm. So that's something I think is really cool, at least in modern comics, that I ended up with a first print of that. That to me is more of like the joys of collecting than it is a spec buying thing. And it's kind of cool just to invest in a character and then just have these things that are worth something but more sentimental. Well, you guys are wrong about first appearances. <laughs> so I just want to let you know there. This, if you, if you Just to check in a little thing, we are called the First Issue Club. So we actually like first things here. <laughs> Let's yeah. get this podcast started. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Ahoy! <laughs> We've got uh, our first comic of the week, which is actually out on Ahoy Comic Books. Brand new publisher is pretty cool, gaining a lot of traction. Uh, Planet of the Nerds came out this week. Wasn't carried by my comic shop. Had to buy it online. We've got a creative team of Constant Robinson and Sobriero. That's a Great. Fantissimo name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Planet of the Nerds. This um, would be your... Typical, fun, nerdy revenge fantasy if your fantasy has ever been to mistakenly send your bullies and tormentors to 2019, (laughs) which is years into your future in this scenario. This book was basically kind of nostalgic, self-deprecating humor, and then it also had some hints of bootleg superheroes, which is a club favorite as well. Oh, this is very true. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. probably my favorite part of the book, (laughs) even though I found the book overall very delightful. I did too, but to, to step back for a minute, Ahoy Comics was doing something really weird here. The, the, the format was like, if you read this comic, it like stops. 
It gives you the editor's note. Then it returns back to the comics. I'm glad I kept going. I Same. almost missed that. Yeah. Was that like a stinger? Are they putting stingers yeah, it was at a the stinger. end of their comic books? I thought it was like, I thought it was. Like, it was like a how we got here kind of pro, like, okay. prologue except for at the end. You then know it, what? Then I, it changes oh, artists and then it gives you two short stories. I had a note about whether or not those added or detracted from. What was your note? Well, I was going to ask, but my personal opinion is that it detracted a little bit. I don't understand what the connection is from the essays to the story. I, I don't read essays in <laughs> comics. <Go on. laughs> I don't read I don't read period. I don't read essays in comics because that's not where they belong. <laughs> right. Exactly. I bought pictures, damn yes. it. <laughs> I, I want, bought them so I wouldn't have to read essays. If I wanted essays in my comics, I would go to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> And purchase a book that has tons of words. And read in it, it for free while I drink the coffee in the Starbucks. Yes. Minutes before the Barnes and Noble closes. Right. For Instead, that very I, reason. I, yes. I go to a store full of assholes who like to read things in 30 pages or less with lots of pictures, i.e., us. <laughs> I thought his essay was good, though. I did. Yeah. They did. were intriguing. Different author writing the essays, too. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. How the, many people are on this the book? The second one was a little more confusing than yes. the first. But still enjoyable. I honestly kind of forgot about it until it popped back into that weird prologue of the story. Weird, weird tangent, but epilogue? I think epilogue. Okay. But epilogue. I, but it's like I, it occurs before. Epilogue. Yeah, you're right. But it's just placed. You know where those <laughs> panels... Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. Those panels log. should have gone in the original story. It's like they misshuffled the whole comic book. <laughs> it's, oh. a, it's a better opening to open on the guys picking on the kid, though. Yeah. True. Than it is to give you, like, the nerd's backstory. The nerd's backstory is what sold me on this comic book. Uh, is the nerd an incel? The bad guy's name is Chad. Oh. Oh, fucking and, Which I think is very hell. intentional. Yes. Yeah. Here's Wait, what? Oh. Ch Chad is like what incels call like popular oh, jock okay. guy. Whoa. I don't know. Good catch, by the way. That is great. That it, that's a Mike D catch. <laughs> but it was that you guys kind of came together a little bit. Dynamic duo. We always come together. <laughs> oh. So, uh, this comic book first just like read like a plain Jane kind of bully comic book or whatever. Yeah. Then it goes to the editor's, editor's notes, and it comes back, and it says, what you didn't know about the guy that was getting bullied mm -hmm. is he fantasizes getting blowjobs by his <laughs> pet lizard. Yeah, like he was focusing on the blowjob. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really hard. And I really I really came around to this comic book <laughs> at that period of time. Really? Actually, when I was reading this part, I was like, Budget King is loving this. <laughs> There was a couple parts Anthropomorphic where... Anthropomorphic gecko ladies? Yeah, there was All a right. couple parts where they were calling each other like fuckheads and they're talking about blowjobs and I was like, Budget, King's, <laughs> Budget King is eating this Well, they didn't right even now. use swear words in the first beginning no. of it. They like bleep themselves and I was like, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> uh, did they not? Doesn't I thought the, call him the like jocks a... cursed. Yeah. Did they? they oh. The old woman didn't. Got it. Well, okay. they have words like crass holes and something else in there that are like yeah. kind of curse words. But, but that's not. a but that was a character choice for the old woman who didn't want to curse. Yes. The bullies are saying fucker, fuck you, well, like the I whole thought, book. I thought he you said are something right. else. You're absolutely weird, right. Though. The first line in the whole book is fuck you, nerd. <laughs> yeah, so they don't curse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it, tame that, stuff. Fuck is a pedestrian curse word. Now it is. Uh, so I have a question. Uh, actually, I have a theory. Is the nerd in the 80s going to be the villain now in 2019? Did he cryogenically freeze himself as well? 
No, but he's going to be he's older. He's aged. Ah. He's at the head of like some yes, corporation. And we, we kind of get a weird taste. Well, <laughs> obviously he's brilliant if he can create this cryo chamber. And we know he's crazy because he wants to fuck a lizard. Mm-hmm. And he he's doesn't, kind of, That's not crazy. He doesn't <laughs> <laughs> want to. You know what? Tomato, he tomato. He snaps himself out of it, I think, because he's thinking about Autumn. He fantasized girl. about that lizard. You're giving him too much credit. Caleb. Okay. <laughs> so the... The core premise of the book I thought was very interesting that jocks and bullies ruled the 80s and nerds rule 2019. The whole concept of getting picked on for superheroes is such a prevalent trope, but now it's like cool to like superheroes. Everybody likes superheroes. Everyone says, I'm a nerd for this. Like nerd is such a larger term that people wear with pride. Right. The amount of people at the last con we went to that both went to CrossFit and were nerds <laughs> yeah. was higher than it's ever been. And mm-hmm. every comic con that you go to has more and more increased yep. of uh, keto eating uh, CrossFitters. Yeah. G- given there's a lot of different subcultures within nerd culture, being a nerd in no way makes you the minority of people anymore. Right. <laughs> it is, it's, it's 100% the norm to be like, Kind of nerdy, into Game of Thrones, into sci-fi fantasy, all this shit. It's something, as a comic book reader, you just don't think of that dynamic. You think, like, I'm still the guy who's just, like, in the minority, getting picked on. Yeah. But we've got, a, we've, girl. we've got a kick-ass community, and, and nerds get the guys and the girls. Often. And with vigor. <laughs> Ooh, tell me more. <laughs> so, I love that about it. Yeah, that was a kind of an interesting concept. I mean, in the 80s, I mean, we've all seen the movies and... Revenge of the Nerds. Well, yeah, like, all the bullies were, like, psychotic jock dudes named Brad and Chad, and well, they went this... to a golf community, and they just wailed on nerds. Can, can I say this, too? Like, what you are saying right now, both of you, completely sells me on this comic now. Because I thought the bully storyline was such a fucking trope, so, like, generic. I was like, who would even take the time to write this story? And then the fact that the nerds are going to have their, like, weird revenge in the future, like, totally justifies that writing. Yeah, I love that he's such an empty bad guy or bully. There's so many times during the comic that his friends point out, why do you hate this nerd so much? He's just like, he just makes me fucking angry that he exists, this piece of shit nerd. Fuck nerds. (laughs) And then they're like, how do you know where he's going? Well, I followed him a couple of times. (laughs) Like, Like, you are obsessed with (laughs) this. obsessed with this guy. And I love the, the fact that someone that's just so, like, livid about this gets sent to a world wherein everyone's a nerd. Yeah. There in a line in the editor's notes that I found funny was that they're going to encounter that everyone in 2019 uses computers like total point dexters or something. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just going to cause him to rage the entire time. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. So I w- I'm curious about the character that we uh, see in the movie theater with the girl who's like making out or whatever. And they had this interaction that, that I thought was weird. She keeps trying to kiss him and like... He, he's, like, apprehensive about it. Mm-hmm. Are we going to find out later that maybe this character is gay? I thought she I was... Would, I would like to think it's not simplistic as much as that. Like, 
oh, if he doesn't want to jump this girl's bones every second of every yeah. day, then he's gay. I think the device was to show us that he wasn't your typical, like, aggro male. He's part of the bully group that we're supposed to have at least some compassion for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got someone to kind of, like, root for yeah. in the story. Because Some... he's also like, I will kiss you if that's what you want. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can make out if that's what you want. So you guys probably going to pick up the second issue? or I kind of hope there's something more that Alvin is, like, a supervillain. Yeah. I hope it's not just, oh, now you get bullied because everyone is cool with nerds now. I hope there's something more sinister at play. Yeah. The second book of our double feature today is Mary Shelley Monster Hunter. If you are not familiar with Mary Shelley, she is an incredibly famous author of the 19th century. Am I right? I don't know centuries that well. Sure. She wrote, it's an old book. For Frankenstein. This creative team is Adam Glass, Olivia Quartero Briggs, and Hayden Sherman. Out on Aftershock Comics, one of our favorite publishers. They do a lot of inventive, risky things. Caitlin, let's get into this book a little bit. Let's do it. Weaving in details of Mary Shelley's personal, actual life, I think. Ooh. There is also plenty of fiction and creepiness to be found as Mary and her pals find themselves unable to change the dark path that they're on once they stay at the castle of one Dr. Victoria. What? A woman? A Frankenstein. woman doctor? Oh. <laughs> Unheard of. How progressive. <laughs> this is her one... breast must get in the way of her medical instruments. <laughs> this is one of those things that we've criticized before in comics when the reveal is like, it was a woman the whole time. <laughs> that and in your head you thought it was the... a man. <laughs> It reminds me of that Superman book with the firefighter. Yep. Like, right. She takes her helmet off, and oh no. You're just like, oh, she's beautiful. (laughs) She's a babe. She can work. (laughs) She was doing man things, I thought. (laughs) You're telling me she puts out fires and probably eats a hot dog? (laughs) (laughs) Am I turned on? Hell yeah! Well, no, no. Did did you guys mention that Adam Glass is also the author of a famous hit television show? So much of a hit, you forgot it. Supernatural? Supernatural, there we go. (laughs) Everybody loves Raymond. You know we didn't mention it. (laughs) And you wanted to sound smart, and it didn't work. I'm not sure I wanted to sound smart. Mm -hmm. I do think think it's interesting that... A guy that's writing that's television show is is writing this. I don't know. Is that not interesting? It's happened before. He's we've actually read a book by his before. Which book? Um, was it a dare a dare not a daredevil a Deadpool a dare to devil a dare to devil? <laughs> Do you dare? Oh, can we write that one? Do you dare to devil? We have too many. Do you dare to devil? <laughs> we have too many like books on our on our whiteboard to actually make ourselves, <laughs> and half of them are born out of us. Mistakenly saying something wrong. Yes. What do you think, what do you think happens at DC way. and Marvel? Uh, <laughs> hey, what if the Hulk had Wolverine claws? God damn it, Steve. You got it. Right up damage. Hulkverine. Right up damage. Uh, anyway, that's what he's known for. And then he thought, hey, you know what? Uh, Mary Shelley was 19 when she wrote Frankenstein. What if she was with an actual monster hunter? 
And let me tell you, Adam Glass, that's that's all you needed to have was that little convo in a bar and then... And then never speak of it again. <laughs> Did not need to publish it in comic form. I'm going to blow everyone's mind in First Issue Club right now. Mike loved it. I really like this did comic. Too. Did you really? Yes. Okay, awesome. Good. It's a split. It's a 50-50. 50-50. This, this is a hard-ass split. I straight stopped reading this. I was like, oh, no. Didn't finish it? I, like, briefed it because I was like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so. Well, number one, it's a period piece. Okay, yes. So one un- strike. Yeah, that eliminates your... Second strike, it's revisionist history. Whoa. <laughs> oh, Gregory. Okay. Gregory. Making Mary Gregory. Shelley some kind of hedonistic woman that enjoys multiple partners. Did you read the same book? She's not enjoying multiple partners. Her husband is. How is that? How does that make her enjoying And I don't even think he was either. They're not married. They're not getting married because they want to be polyamorous. Yeah. Boom. Greg's right. Bounce really? it. They are getting married. But they're gonna stay polyamorous. They're That's on- not at all what I read. They're only getting married so their child wouldn't be illegitimate. I didn't think it was for polyamory so much as she didn't want to conform to traditional gender roles. That could be it. I could see that too. Yeah. My- Did we read this book? That's how. Well, I read it how Greg read it. Thank Cause you. Because Byron was the one who was dabbling. Byron is the husband. No, that's Percy. No, no. Okay, may I open this? Percy Shelley is Mary's this husband. This is goddamn I. Pride and Prejudice Mary all Shelley. over again. <laughs> Lord Byron is the one who is being seduced by Mary's sister. Mm-hmm. Caitlin and Mike D., you guys are telling me that this comic book comes back in your store again, the number two, and you're like, yep, adding it to my list because I can't wait to see what happens next. This started like the beginning of a slow burn horror for me. I feel like we're getting a Sherlock Holmes-esque sort of a story with suspense, horror, mystery, all intertwined with an interesting revisionist history of taking a woman who wrote this crazy genre book that was really horror and out of character for especially a woman author to write at a time when not many women were probably even getting books published. Mm Mm-hmm and makes a real hero of her and I guess emboldens her story. I was just super stoked on that. I just thought, like Budget King said, like, why did this need to be explored? Not only is she, like, an author, apparently, but she's now a monster hunter. Why do you say apparently? That's historical fact. That Mary Shelley was a monster hunter. That she was an author. No, I said, I, I know she was an author. I, I didn't mean to allude that she wasn't really an author. <laughs> she's an author, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and Allegedly. I guess they want me to believe she's a monster hunter, too. Okay. Allegedly, the breast didn't get in the, the way of the pen and pencil, but... Oh, uh, my God. It's just so... So now am I made to believe that Frankenstein's actually a, a, a real-life account of an event that happened? What, in this what, world? What other comics are you reading that don't ask you to suspend I, belief? <laughs> Like what, what? What world am I in right now? Am that, I like, supposed to well, believe I don't know. that a woman author, a, a woman doctor, and I mean it's yeah, too much. like this is too much for me to handle. <laughs> I just, I just can't right now. Let's let's suppose for a second that Mary Shelley isn't a super hyper interesting person that already exists right. with an amazing <laughs> mythology behind her. Like already has is an amazing person with an amazing story. Throw that out the window. Okay. Oh, easy. Gone. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, now take this comic book. Yep. A woman mm-hmm. in the early 1800s I'm there with a chauvinistic husband. Ugh. 
trapped in a mansion oh. where they're having this clue-like story where obviously some like crazy murder mystery things mm-hmm. start happening. All the while, they're trying to write their own horror book and living inside of a horror movie at the same time. Riveting. And then find out that the person that they're staying in this mansion with is some sort of insane murderer, Evil dead genius. body stealer, like grave robber. <laughs> that's an I like dead body stealer. Me too. I would stealer. actually prefer that. <laughs> but that's that's not an incredibly interesting story to you guys. That, the way you said it, was a little bit more interesting than this comic book. I think you go into some of these things saying, I already know this is based on something that's dated and mundane and has had a million takes on it already. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of over that. But I think that this was pretty unique and I like what they did with the character. I, I guess what I think is like, you're totally right on that, but the there's so many rehashing of existing entities that exist already that I kind of was like, oh, this is for the Frankenstein fans because it's like some yeah. fucking anniversary this year. It's like the 75th anniversary or something like that of it. And I'm just like... Frankenstein's 75 years old? Holy crap. There we go, yeah. It's like I obviously older than that. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Uh, but I'm just kind of like, eh. Like, not, so, not my thing. Yeah, so for me, I think what, what I'm hearing from you guys is that if they just would have not made this Mary Shelley, the villain would have seemed more like... House of a Thousand Corpses, and we would have had a cool heroine that we're not familiar with already, and we may have just read it through a different lens. Yeah, if Rob Zombie was writing this, yes, I would have way more been into it. <laughs> if Rob Zombie made an album about this, yeah, I would have been way more interested. If it Burn totally, through the totally witches and Frankenstein's a yeah. woman, and now everybody That is. was what made it stand apart for me, is that it was her, that she was more personified, and that her goal set out to be a writer and do something for the, what does she say, like, to honor her mother's memory for the rights of women, because she had a legacy that she wanted, like, that whole thing made it way more interesting to me and set aside from, like, the Penny Dreadfuls and the other stories that are like this, which I still enjoy. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was different. And that's the difference between this side of the podcast and that side of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. This side of the podcast would have enjoyed dum, Ro- dum. Rob Zombie Monster Hunter. We're dum-dums over here. Yeah. <laughs> you you guys with your... Uh, Smarties over yeah, there. Yeah, with your thespian clubs. Uh, and thespian? Yeah. <laughs> and your degrees. Your and 4D all chess games yeah. and your <laughs> iPhone 10s. Your, uh, I have a Tamagotchi. <laughs> iPhone 10s. That I try... To call people on. Yeah, you guys are always <laughs> on your graphing calculators over there. Yeah, we get it. You can play mm-hmm. games on it. Yeah. I have a beeper. So, I, look, not, mm. well, I don't think we have anything to add to that. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a great, good a note to end on as any. Well, like, okay, so I, I, I am intrigued enough to pick up number two because, oh, okay. because I want to see where. <laughs> I can't. Sometimes you got to watch train wrecks all the way through. Oh, uh, get out. I will not allow no. you to have a second copy of this book. Uh, you don't want to read it? I will buy it for myself, and you're not allowed to have it. Okay. Oh. You won't appreciate it. So you put it. a chastity belt on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I do. I do want to figure out uh, Frankenstein, the uh, Doctor Frankenstein's story, and yep. maybe it might be a different uh, interpretation of the actual Frankenstein book than what is depicted in the comic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we're getting a twisted tale it, that, uh, like, in, Shyamalan-ish. that inspired her to write the book Frankenstein. This, um, are you going to keep this book? <laughs> 
That is all yours, baby. No, I was going to say, we could have Mike D draw his depiction of Frankenstein oh, in this yeah. white space, and we could mail it off to a viewer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Happy Let's do that. Do that would yeah. be kind of cool. If you, uh, are you okay with that, Mike? Yeah. Okay. If you got to this Come far- mind if I give you an errand? <laughs> if, you, if you got this far in the podcast and uh, you haven't reached out to us before. Then yeah. Re- on Twitter, tell us what you thought of Mary Shelley's Monster Hunter. And the first one that does. Uh, Mike D., who's a wonderful Cinder artist. Um, if you are anywhere in the Midwest, you might see his zines pop up, things like that. He'll do a depiction on this white space in there for you. One of a kind value. It's going to be a first appearance. Uh, and so you're really going to want that, and uh, it'll be yours. Now, the, the the thing about this comic book that it was akin to me was um, when I got in Monday morning to to work, there's a guy at Water Fountain, and he's like, he's like, what's your, what's your weekend like? And I was like, oh, it was good. And he was like, I, I did yard work. And so that that conversation right there, I would, uh, I'd be more likely to pick up an issue two of than I would this book. Man. I that's a that's my more harsh than what I was gonna do, which is what, <laughs> which was watch the train crash more. Uh, okay, I want to give major props to this uh, creative team. I I really think that the book was completely beautiful, and the colorist did an amazing job. And the choice of artist really helped depict like the eerie, scary nature of this thing that it was kind of like jagged and loose in some parts and there was one panel in particular it's that one this one right here she's walking down a corridor and the angle of it is creepy and the coloring is creepy and i loved it all i felt like the way that we got eased into this story it was just like classic beginning of a horror like it the is classic like, the kids like first are first drinking. 20 minutes of a horror movie yeah so i, I totally loved it agree well, that's why we have this podcast, because sometimes we all agree and sometimes we don't. And today we're leaving angry at one another, and that's <laughs> going to be okay. Yeah. You guys, uh, big big fans of, uh, what's that AFI movie um, that everybody loves, number one movie? Casablanca. There we go. Or the, the one that's in black and white with uh, Rosebud. Citizen Kane. You guys, big Citizen Kane fans. Never seen Never it. Never seen it. Greg and I are over here Fast and Furious. We like Rambo. Mm. Gremlins. Pride and Prejudice. Oh, wait, no, not that. Yeah. Can't all be Donnie Darko's. Sorry, guys. I wouldn't put this. Donnie Darko was pretentious. Thus, that's why Caitlin and Mike D liked it. I don't think this book was pretentious in any way. You don't think this book no. was pretentious in no. any way? I, I really don't. This book was the definition of pretentious. I don't think that. You don't, don't write about Mary Shelley in being like a horror book and then try to remake her horror book if you don't have a little bit of pretentious literary knowledge. Interesting take. I don't think but that I d- somebody disagree. writes Mary Shelley Monster Hunter. I mean, do you remember Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Yeah. Beautiful. Like, are you are you fucking kidding? Ugh. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Also liked it. Ugh God. We're done. I think he's now just bucking us to book us. <laughs> he's a troll. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's just like First person on the <laughs> Ghostbusters remake, Rotten Tomatoes, saying, wasn't good with women in it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Make it about a historical male figure. Way more dynamic, yeah, interesting I, characters. I, actually, I wish this was J.R. Tolkien, Monster Hunter. I would have liked that. I bet you would have. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been First Issue Club. 
Possibly uh, the last. I don't know if we're coming back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll say before we go that there's a doozy next week. We've got like a ton of good first issues coming out, and we're going to have a hard time deciding what books we want to cover. So maybe we even do a poll on Twitter and get some people's That's takes That's a good on, idea. I'll put a poll up. On what you guys want to hear just because there's too many good things to choose from. Can I make one announcement? Please. So, by the time you guys hear this, Endgame will probably be coming out either the next day or oh, yeah. following Friday. Uh, we're doing a pretty fun thing with a local Kansas City podcast called Two Views Movies Podcast. We're going to be sitting in on one of their episodes to review Endgame with them. And so, when that drops, we'll also release it on our feed uh, that has all the fun curses and swear words that you've uh, grown to appreciate and love. So keep an eye out for that. We're really appreciative that those guys are having us on their show to talk comic books. It's one of our favorite things. So keep an eye out for that. Or an ear. Or however you want to do it. I don't know. I don't know. Let's wrap this bad boy up, Mike. Love it. We'll see y'all. Bye. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.